This is the Team Paper Podcast, featuring your host, Henry Hargitay. Ah, welcome back in another edition of the Team Paper Podcast. I'm Henry Hargitay. Uh, joining me today is one of my absolute favorites to interview, Bella Dane with Texas. Uh, but before I get to her, uh, this is our first Texas softball or te- first Texas athlete interview uh, that we're putting public. And so to all the Texas fans who are listening and are probably wondering what Team Paper is, uh, think of it this way. Team Paper is kind of like Girl Scout cookies, right? Uh, the, the cute, adorable little girl shows up to uh, your front door, ready to sell you some nice thin mints. And you think to yourself, like, of course I'm buying this. I have to buy this. She's adorable. I want thin mints. I want Samoas, all that good stuff, right? And the message is you're kind of just buying it because of the support. Here's this girl learning how uh, business works, learning how sales works, learning how advertising works, and you want to support that. But then all of a sudden she leaves your doorstep, you're left with a box of cookies, you're knee deep in thin mints, and you say, oh my gosh, these are the best things ever. Team paper is very similar. Don't think of team paper necessarily as the product, more so the support. You're supporting team paper, not because you're supporting us, but the women behind it and the the men behind it, the athletes, all the athletes who are coming together to build this page of exclusive content and merch that's your Thin Mints. And with that, some of the Thin Mints I like to think joining me right now, Bella Dayton, what's going on? I kind of want some Thin Mints after you just said that. <laughs> All right. So um, I promise we're going to get to softball, but the last time we spoke, I think it was about 10, 15 minutes of shenanigans before we actually spoke about softball. This might be the same type of stuff here. Talk to me about hip hop class. All right. So last Thursday, um, we actually had our dance battles. But prior to that, on Tuesday, I actually got a little side meeting with my professor. And she knows that, you know, I don't necessarily love the the hip hop aspect um, of the class. So um, she kind of just went on and she told me that she knows that I don't really like what I'm doing in the class. And she said that she'd give me a different thing to do. So instead of doing the dance battle, um, she let me write an essay about what I saw that day. So it was a win-win for me. I said, amen to that and just went on with my day. So you tapped out essentially. I, she tapped out for me. (laughs) So she threw in the white towel for you before I did. Okay. Because you know what? The other thing I found out, I talked to my sources, I have sources and they all told me you lied to me. I'm not, do not listen to Mackenzie Parker. Do not. I didn't say who, I didn't say who. She came up to me and she said that you asked her who's the better dancer. I don't know why she said me so much for honest journalism these days i told her to keep it a secret but listen she said she was like i think i believe her exact words were bella knows a lot more than just the stanky leg okay listen tiktok is way separate from the hip-hop class hands down i'll i'll learn a tiktok with maya and vanessa 
or with pop and CC all day, but hip hop, it draws the line. So, okay. So when you're doing one of those TikToks, like how many, realistically, how many tries does it take? I think it depends. So some of the easier ones, it takes like two takes. Um, I know I did most it's taken you. It was actually the other day um, with Carly Ratcliffe. We did, it was me, Vanessa, Maya, and Carly. And we, it was like at least 20 minutes, 10, 10 minimum, I would say. It came out great. Well, I, what I, I just don't get it. So why is it that you could do all these like TikTok dances like to perfection and get like thousands of views, but a dance off is like just not in your arsenal? What's the difference? It's the it's the people that I don't know watching me dance because I already know that my rhythm is just <laughs> below the charts of average. Um, and yeah, I don't know the feedback. Like, what was the feedback like? Like, was it kind of aggressive? Were they honest? Like, more of like they're giving you good feedback when you know you already look like crap. So, um, yeah. Okay. Do, all right. Last question about this: Do you have any footage? I mean, I still have class that I can go to. I wasn't able to get any on Thursday just because I wasn't actually dancing. But I know <laughs> that. Um, we have a Facebook page for hip hop and she, we used to have to post videos on there. I just emailed them to her. So <laughs> you see. mean like just you kind of like in your living room by yourself doing them? I well, didn't post it. I emailed. Well, so that nobody else posted. We're listen, we're in the content industry. Can we like, what can I do to like get some of that for this podcast to throw it over on the YouTube you know, the other day I had JJ come over because for traveling and stuff, when I missed classes, I had to do some makeup assignments. And yeah. one of them is actually teaching me a friend or a teammate, you know, a, a dance that we've learned. So if I can get her to do it with me, I'll send it over. Perfect. What was it? Like the cha-cha slide? Oh, no. It's these, they're called, um, they're called combos. Mm. They're just, um, they're very complex. <laughs> very good looks I just one of my favorite things talking to these athletes is like hearing like their favorite classes because you'd be surprised at some of like the the weird things that come because you're what exercise science I'm health promotion and behavioral sciences so whatever is in that department I feel like there's a lot of different aspects that go into that mm-hmm. yeah all right anyway let's talk a little softball because you've been hitting walk-offs left and right huh just one it was just one? Yeah. Mary hit one Friday. I hit it Saturday. Mm-hmm. Was that your first walk-off uh, of your collegiate career? I think so. Yeah. You think? I think. I'm not sure, but uh, take me through that feeling because uh, whether or not it was your first, uh, it had to have felt pretty good. Was it like everything you were expecting, like that feeling? Yeah, you know, Honestly, my team gets so excited for everybody and just seeing like all our hype videos and everybody, you know, rushing the field like we did just win the World Series. It's a feeling that, you know, everybody wants to feel. Um, I know at the end of the day when I was rounding second, you kind of just had to go into the box with a clear mind knowing that, you know, someone's going to do it for us. And if it's you, then kudos to you. But I know when I hit it, 
I got to second base and I turn around and JJ's still rounding third base. And I'm like, please make it home. <laughs> and then um, they all started rushing the fields and you kind of just go, you kind of just black out with excitement because, yeah. you know, you know, everybody's there for you. Um, and even after that, with all the social media and just your family and your friends being there for you, because I had a, a lot of family come out that weekend. Um, everybody's just excited for you. And it kind of just shows you that, you know, you've put in this work to, to be great at something like that. So I, I loved it. Yeah. Speaking of being great, like we said before, the preseason for you guys was, was rocky. Like let's take it for what it is. It was tough. Seven straight losses at one point. Uh, but that's in the past, like a ponytail. And right now you guys are playing uh, some of the best softball of the season, really. And it couldn't come at a better time, honestly, with uh, big, bad Oklahoma looming this Thursday. Um, talk about that upcoming series, because this is one you guys probably keep circled on the calendar. Yeah. Um, I, Personally, I haven't lived through the whole rivalry. Um, I know I lived with the the Arizona versus Arizona State, but I think this is a whole nother uh, notch of, you know, rivalry and energy that needs to be brought. Um, we kind of just went into practice yesterday and we told each other, like, you know, keep doing what we're doing. Like, we celebrate the little moments, which, you know, puts us at the top um, for each at bat, each play. Um, we know what we have to do on the field, whether it's, you know, making those hard plays, knowing where to go with the ball throughout those times. Um, so we kind of just made a pact, said, I mean, keep calm, do what we do. And that helps us in the long run. I mean, we just walked it off twice in extra innings. And I mean, our hitters fought through that and our hitters go up with a, a calm, healthy mindset. I mean, each at bat, whether the first one was bad, you know, they continue to, to go up to the plate, erasing what, what did happen. So I think that helps us. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to try and phrase it without being uh, contra controversial here. And uh, so, like we said, you guys had a rough preseason playing ranked team after ranked team. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the level of competition that you've seen versus maybe what other teams have seen, do you think that helps you guys? going into a series like this? I think it does. You know, people probably think that what we faced in preseason is what prepared us for this weekend, but I think it prepares us for anything overall, especially the College World Series. I mean, Oklahoma is number one, um, but I believe in my team wholeheartedly that, you know, we have the capability of beating anybody, and it's just a mindset. Like, we're not going to walk in um, – scared of our opponents you know we feel like we walk on that field and we want people to be scared of us because we bring a lot of stuff that people underestimate you know we yeah. still feel like even with the wins that we've had previously that we're still the underdogs and people still project us you know to lose and you know we keep that in our back pockets so yeah yeah, so I, I spoke with uh, FSU head coach Lonnie Alameda she was on the podcast two weeks ago because we do nothing but big J journalism here. And so I asked her a question about kind of like the team's identity uh, as to where, where things began to click for Florida State last season and how it translated to this season. And she told me about how they didn't really figure out who they were offensively until the Super Regional against LSU. 
uh, when they figured out we're not a home run hitting team. Like we're just going to have to manufacture runs. We're going to have to get people on base. We're going to have to go deep into counts uh, to make pitchers work. That, that's sort of who they were. And they didn't figure that out until uh, the postseason. Uh, do you guys kind of have a sense of who you are offensively as a team? I think we do. You know, it kind of is like a blessing in disguise that our tough, um, our tough part, I feel like was towards the very beginning of the season. And, you know, that was the time where we had to figure ourselves out and figure ourselves out, like as a team, um, connecting with each other as well. Um, you know, going up to the plate, there's a lot of people, you know, we hunt our specific pitch. Um, we go over pretty much what the pitcher throws, you know, the scatter plots and what we should be looking for. So we're not chasing everything that they're thrown, whether it's laying off the changeup that day, laying off the rise ball and only hunting this outside corner, inside corner. Um, we do a very good job of keeping that in mind uh, when we go up to the plate. And I think that helps us um, in the long run for the whole weekend. And, you know, even when they bring in someone who's throwing low 60s and they transition to high 60s we're we're able to adapt to that that speed change fairly quickly I feel like so mm -hmm. can I give you a, a player comparison that I think that you make me think of when I watch you sure I don't know if you ever heard this but when I watch you swing you kind of make me think of uh Jacoby Ellsbury when he was playing on the Red Sox should I look him up <laughs> you don't know who that is no I don't know a lot of names or or people okay so first and foremost understand that that's a, a very high compliment that i just gave you so you can start by saying thank you oh thank you <laughs> and then the second we're off this podcast uh that's your homework okay go figure out who jacoby ellsbury is he just had this like sweet he was a lefty also and mm -hmm. he had this sweet stroke he was super quick getting out of the box big base stealer just like you he was wearing that sliding glove that you wear before anybody was doing it Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about you, another swag thing I noticed, uh, are the goggles for vision or for swag? Um, they're for swag, but I will say that <laughs> I do get a lot of um, things in my eyes. So it's kind of like, um, I don't like to wear sunglasses because I feel like it makes it so dark. Ah. And I've been told by multiple eye doctors that I focus too hard on what I'm doing. So just wearing glasses in general takes a lot of stress off my eyes. Hmm. So towards the beginning of the season, when my hitting was low average, um, my hitting coach actually asked me if I wear my glasses when I hit. And I said, no, I started to. And it was just like a miracle. Like, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's swaggy. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Cause I, I noticed that I was like, man, that's kind of like a clean look she's got going on there. You look like a professor. Oh, <laughs> I'll take it. The softball hip hop professor. All right. Another thing that I wanted to follow up on um, when, uh, when I interviewed you the first time, uh, I believe you, uh, I, you told me this exact quote when I asked you like who your favorite athlete was, cause you were a hooper back in high school. Mm -hmm. And you, 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 I think you said to me, uh, quote, whenever I'm doing something, like, I just always say like, well, what would LeBron do? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting, but what I'm curious about, does that still apply now though, that he won't be participating in the playoffs and just have one of the worst seasons in Lakers history? Yeah, I think it still applies. I mean, I have kept that with my 
non-blood sister for the longest time ever I think since freshman year of high school um and we still tell each other till this day like she still plays at Northwestern and you know she's gone through a lot of things and even during those hard times we still say be LeBron because I mean he goes through stuff nobody really knows about and on top of that he's still greatness so yeah Do, do you think like do you see yourself as like LeBron in any aspect of softball um I would say mentality um that's a big thing that's everything yeah I would say that aspect At, at the end of the day it's like if you don't tell yourself you're the greatest how can you ever get somebody else to think you're the greatest yeah and I do a lot of of self talk I'm glad they don't catch it on camera but I know when I'm struggling you know, I go up to the bat and I, and I talk to myself before I get in the box. So what do you say? Um, sometimes I cuss at myself and I'm just like, like effing hit the ball, you know, um, kind of just remind myself to go, to go slower, start earlier. I mean, those little things that can save that bat, save the game. Um, there's different aspects that I keep having to work on whether it's top hands, you know, my lower half. Um, there's always one that's, you know, lower than that, the other that day. And once I tell myself, you know, it always, I always come out on top. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, that if you read like any sports psychology book, number one way to help an athlete is almost always self-talk. There's obviously a lot of other things, but in every sport, sports psych class I ever had, self-talk. It's like number one thing. Yeah. I yeah. normally I try and do it when I wake up in the morning, like try to just start off my day with that positive self-talk. Um, yeah. I've personally read a lot of books starting from when I was in travel ball because mm-hmm. uh, I definitely struggled a lot back then, but they've definitely helped me and they put a lot of different stories from professional athletes in there and it helps a lot. That, I like that a lot because it's like how many millennials and actually I learned the other day, you and I aren't millennials. We're both Gen Z. Um, cause you're born when 2000, 2001. Okay. So I'm 97. So, so we are both Gen Z. Uh, and so, um, how many people our age wake up, pick up their phone and Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, like bing, 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 like right away, you know? So for you to, for you to be waking up in the morning and, you know, first thing self-talk, I don't know. I think that's impressive and that's important. Yeah, honestly, if I look at my phone in the morning, it hurts my eyes or like I'm still half asleep. Um, <laughs> one thing I will do, I'll throw on some music. Uh, music definitely gets me through absolutely everything. Um, yeah. There's probably never a time where I'm not listening to it. So it depends mm-hmm. on the genre that day. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you get out of here now. Uh, Bella Dayton, always an absolute pleasure to catch up with and talk to. Texas fans, don't forget, you can support Bella and her teammates at teampaper.com. Head there today, subscribe, get to know the team, help us grow this sport that we love one subscription at a time. Uh, Bella, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for checking out the Team Paper Podcast. Don't forget to go to teampaper.com and subscribe to support your favorite teams.